There's a lot that's not okay. There's a lot that we should be justifiably lamenting. We should be upset about. There's things that need to be altered and changed. But how can we make things okay? One of those tropes you hear a lot about out there is how much children have to teach us. But if you think about it, we don't really live that way. We call people who are acting inappropriate childish. But there's a big difference between what is childlike and childish. What would it look like to live a life that is childlike while growing up in ways that leave what is childish behind? Maybe kids do have something to teach us. That's the life Brad Montague is living. He's the guy behind the Kid President web series who also writes for Joanna Gaines' The Magnolia Journal and all sorts of other amazing projects. He's written multiple books, all of which are amazing, including his new book, Circles, which is hitting shelves any day now. He is certainly no stranger to the story community. Brad has spent his life trying to figure out what kids get right, and it's made a huge difference. He thinks what he's learned can make a difference in your life too. If you won't listen to the kids, maybe you'll listen to the guy who listens to kids. Listen in on some of Brad's talk from Story 2020 here on this episode of the Story Podcast. Every single child is told different stories. They're told stories about how things work, about why things work, about who they are. And if you've been part of the story before, you may have seen this um, image here of a um, backpack. This backpack is full of stories that we are told throughout life. Stories about um, who we are, stuff you believed about who you are, unexamined opinions, shame, guilt, all of these stories that really need to be dismantled in our lives. Because we've been told them and they weren't true but we believed them. They're stories that you've told. They're stories you've been told. Now, working in children's media, I really want to be careful about the stories that children hear, that they, that they uh, you know, you're, we're furnishing their minds with these stories. So what do we put in them? I uh, was working on a television series, uh, a Kid President TV series, and one of the things I wanted to do was include hidden things so that kids could look closely. So every episode was going to have this, a cat on a skateboard, nourishing their minds, right? But it was just a little joke, a thing that they could look for and be like, oh, there's the cat on a skateboard. So every episode had this cat that would go by uh, occasionally just, uh, there he is. He would just pop up and be like, oh, there's the cat on a skateboard. And so as the show grew, grew and grew, we thought about the stories that were being told on the show. And we wanted to do an episode where Kid President is going to make a movie. And he's going to make a movie about his life. And who does he choose to play him in this movie? Well, UFC MMA fighter Uriah Faber. So, so it was pretty ridiculous, absurd. But then we thought, let's fill it with the most ridiculous things ever. Like, that, that it's just totally absurd. So this ridiculous movie trailer ended up being a pivotal moment in the whole series and maybe my career. Uh, because we got, you get lots of notes when you work in TV. Um, and this note came specifically from the legal team. They said, hey, cool job on the trailer. MMA fighter playing a child. Great. But uh, one note, uh, the cat on a skateboard at the end, when it explodes... Uh, we need to make sure that he's okay. <laughs> and so uh, we were legally ob ob obligated to have the cat say, 
I'm okay. Now, what you saw was a fake cat on a skateboard being pulled on a string, go across, and then a fake explosion. And then you hear my voice sped up saying, I'm okay. <laughs> and, you know, children everywhere went, oh, good. <laughs> right? But then I discovered this was, this was a thing. It's a thing in TV, especially kids' TV, where they, they have to make sure if something terrible happens to somebody, there has to be a voice say, he's okay. She's okay. What is it that we can't have people have any amount of uncertainty, that there can't be a moment where they, they're worried that we have to say, hey, it's okay. I know that an asteroid just hit this fictional character. They're okay, though. Um, and right now, we are in a moment in which we cannot, in any real instance, look at the people around us and say, hey, everything's okay. Everything's fine. This moment is being shattered. The I'm okay, uh, Marshall from Paw Patrol, you're not okay. <laughs> we are not okay. Kids are living in a, in a state where like, everything they've planned for school and life is falling apart, and they're witnessing their communities, their families, their friends have to reimagine how we do everything. And maybe one of the best things we could do for each other is not just say, I'm okay. Like, Zoom calls right now are pretty exhausting. And then the question begins with, how's everybody doing? And, and you know what I say? Same thing Marshall from Paw Patrol says. I'm okay. I'm not okay, story friends. And, and maybe you're not either. There's a lot that's not okay. There's a lot that we should be justifiably lamenting. We should be upset about. There's things that need to be altered and changed. But how can we make things okay? This is really important to Brad. He believes that kids need stories about people who are changed by what happens to them. Things don't go back to normal. The bad guy's defeat doesn't just fix everything that was broken. Kids need to see that life is a series of events that leave them as different people. We all do. Years from now, what stories will children tell about how we lived through this? I hope it's not that, that they just looked at the grownups around them and they said, hey, it's okay, we're okay. But instead, they saw us be uncertain, be uncomfortable, and say, I want things to be okay, but how can we go through this together? I'm on a mission to get a million adults to do a pinky promise that they're going to be great adults, a society for better grown-ups. Uh, because we need people who can help us, we can walk through things together to grow and help each other grow, heal and help each other heal. There's really wonderful stories about different ways to go through things. Like uh, there's a, a great story about Franz Kafka finding a little girl crying in a park and, and she's crying because she's lost her doll. And maybe you've heard this story. It's really incredible that she loses this doll and then Franz Kafka, then he starts writing letters to her from her doll that it's gone on an adventure. And, and then he does this over and over and, and there's the stories and allowing her to imaginatively go through the grief to imaginatively think about this doll being on an adventure. It was a playful way to walk through this. The last image, the last story here, is that she then brought a new doll to her, realizing she would know it's not the same doll. And the note attached to the doll said, my travels have changed me. <laughs> like what? I, mean, I think we could all have that note attached to us right now, right? There's a, this is one of my favorite stories. It was passed around on the internet a lot when David Bowie passed away. Uh, a story that when Labyrinth came out, 
that there were, uh, at the premiere, there was a young boy who got to meet him. This young boy was on the autism spectrum. And there was a moment, he was very shy and he's nervous. So they created a space where he and David Bowie could talk and meet. And he, he admitted to David Bowie that he was nervous. And David Bowie looked him in the eyes and said, I get nervous too sometimes, but you know what helps me? And he waved his arm around and he held his hand out and he said, this invisible mask. Now, I made this one for you. Here, put it on. And the boy puts it on. He says, now you can do anything. You have courage. And the kid looks up and got big. And he grew up imagining he always had this invisible mask. And he was talking to friends, telling them the story. And he pulled the mask off and showed them to him. Look, here's the mask David Bowie gave me. This way of going through together is for us to realize that there's stories we told as kids, there's stories we tell kids, but maybe the best stories are the ones we tell together. And that together, there's so many stories we can create in this moment, in any moment. And it's going to require imagination. Imagination on a level maybe we've never tapped into. Because for so long, we've heard this word and we've thought, Imagination. We thought that it's just kid stuff, but imagination is our biggest, boldest resource. Everything terrible that we are capable of begins in our imagination. Everything beautiful that we are capable of begins in our imagination. What will we imagine and reimagine together? James Baldwin said this, that the intangible dreams of people have a tangible effect on the world. Like the things happening intangible inside you have a tangible effect on the world. Our inner lives affect our outer lives. The things that we cannot see in our imaginations will one day affect the tangible world. This is such a hard thing to internalize because people will try to write you off when you talk like this. I mean, imagination, storytelling, make-believe. Again, everyone says they like this stuff, but when you dial it down, it's not how we actually live. We want data, we want metrics, we want a return on investment. That's a type of way to live, and there's value to some of that. But Brad's a reminder that childhood is not a wasted time of life. There are lessons there worth holding onto, and if we can internalize them, they can make our adult lives so much richer and more rewarding. Right now, you have everything you need to tell the stories this world needs. Every single book that's been created, every single song that's been written, every sonnet, every tweet, every single screenplay that's won an Academy Award, these have all been just a different combination of 26 letters. Just 26 letters reassembled in different places to become a book or become something that adds to the beauty or adds to the noise. Nature is a good example of how to do this well. The sun showed up again, so I looked up and asked it why. The sun looked down and brightly whispered, to give you another try. If we look at nature, we can see it modeled that it just keeps showing up. That the light is there, if we just have eyes to see it. Even our bodies remind us what it's like to add to the beauty. They remind us what it is to live generously. You breathing right now? Did you know you take a deep breath and then you have to actually give it back. It's like our body's reminding us, hey, we have to give and be generous. And the sun reminding us that it just keeps showing up to do this again and again and again. What stories will you tell? 
How will you add to the beauty? What will you do? And could you do it again? When we look at nature, we're reminded that it just keeps showing up, that sun. That sun just keeps showing up. G.K. Chesterton said this in this beautiful writing where he's writing about looking at the sun coming up over and over again. And he's talking about children too. And he says that the thing I mean, for instance, can be seen in children when they find a game they especially enjoy. A child kicks their legs rhythmically through excess, not absence of life, because children have abounding vitality, spirit fierce and free. My daughter, if, if you, she sits in a swing and then she says, push me, dad, you've just committed to 90 minutes, maybe longer, of pushing her and her saying, do it again, do it again. And when he's writing about looking at nature, he says this, children want things repeated, unchanged. They say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it until they are nearly dead. For grown-ups are not strong enough to result in monotony. But maybe... The creator of nature is. As the creator of nature looks and says to the sun, do it again. And says to the moon every single night, ah, do it again. Maybe it is not out of absolute necessity that all daisies look alike, but maybe it's just out of total delight of making them again and again and again in the same way. Do it again. Could you create in yourself and nurture an eternal appetite for infancy. This ability to do it again, to find joy and wonder in the moment you're in right now. And I think if you could, there could come a place in time in your life where you're gonna say there's a dumpster fire, but I wanna add to this garden and I'm gonna tell stories that add hope, that, that add beauty. I want to be part of that. In the same way that growing up in the South, someone would say, did you just tell me a story? It not being a positive thing. Maybe someone will look at you one day and say, you told me a story. Thank you. It's exactly what I needed to be reminded of what matters, of how to walk through this life thing we're in. Thank you. You told me a story. I needed it. Here we are. I know I've seen, I've read, but I've seen you. I've watched, I've read. We are capable of adding to the beauty and the joy and the goodness. May you cultivate a garden of goodness and then do it again. and then do it again. It's easy to forget that. Just because we're not kids anymore doesn't mean we can't live the lessons of being kids out every day over and over as many times as we need. Brad's a good reminder of that, and hopefully these stories remind you of that too. Be sure to learn more about Brad's work by visiting montagueworkshop.com. He's a great follow on socials as well, especially Instagram. His wife, Christy, is amazing. Their whole family is amazing. Look them up. And be sure to pick up a copy of his new book, For Kids and Former Kids, Circles. And if you haven't checked in lately with this beautiful community of ours called Story, please be sure to do so. Stop by storygatherings.com if you haven't been there in a while. 
There's some fun new stuff happening, and we have some incredible opportunities coming down the pipeline from Brad and others as a way of inspiring you to do your best, most creative work. We want to help you succeed at not just telling stories, but in telling stories that matter. That, after all, is how we paint the future. I am Harris III. Thank you for listening to The Story Podcast. The Story Podcast is a production of the Astoria Collective. It is hosted and curated by Harris III and produced, edited, and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. All music for Season 5 of The Story Podcast is provided by the talented musicians at Soundstripe. For more information about this podcast and other creative offerings from Story, visit storygatherings.com.